Unprecedented conversation, bridging the gap between two faiths, spanning over 9,000 miles and over 2,000 years. Welcome to The Teacher and the Preacher. Welcome to The Teacher and the Preacher. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. We welcome you. I'm the preacher, Dave McGarra. And I am Aaron Lipkin, the teacher. And it is such a delight to have Aaron as uh, the partner here in this uh, crazy duo. And like like we do every time, we, we try to put a podcast together that is informative. And those of you who may be catching this on the radio station, we just... Um, you know, on a podcast, we have a chance to go a little bit longer than what we have time-wise on the radio program. And so when we get to the end of the radio program, you can always jump over to our website, theteacherandthepreacher.com. You can pick up right where uh, the whole thing leaves off because there's so much more to catch than just a 28-minute program. But we're grateful to be able to be on the radio, and we're delighted to be able to bring these podcasts to you. So, Aaron, why don't you introduce our topic and let the people know what we're going to really zero in on on this conversation. (laughs) Okay, I think that, uh, you know, uh, people in in, in the United States, you know, when they hear about Israel, uh, they usually hear about the... uh, security situation or the uh, the politics that that uh, between Israel and the other countries and uh, I think that rarely uh, the the internal politics or the the things that are going on inside of Israel are, are really brought to the table and uh, I, our listeners should know that Israel is currently going through one of the biggest uh, um, crises uh, that we ever went through um, since Israel's establishment as a state, um, and uh, and you know I just wanted to share with our listeners and and just try to explain what's going on at the moment in Israel. Um, and and before I start, I just want to say that politically, I am in the uh, uh, right wing, uh, and and so my view is definitely. Uh, the view of a, a right winger um, in the Israeli politics, and um, uh, you know, first of all, I just want to, just want to to uh, share with people that just a few months ago we had the elections here in Israel. Uh, Israel has been experiencing a very uh, unstable political system in the past few years. Um, we had repeating elections because we weren't able to uh, achieve. A, uh, a real majority in the Israeli uh, Knesset in the in the in the, uh, legisl- in the legislative uh, branch, and uh, that really caused a lot of uh, um, a lot of uh, problems uh, for the Israeli government and uh, and strategically Israel cannot continue like this without um, having a stable government. And uh, the last elections that were held just a few, just I think two months ago, um, the Israeli the Israeli uh, uh, population voted in large numbers, and uh, for the first time after many years, uh, one of the sides, uh, the right wing, was able to achieve 64 seats out of 120, which is more than half. 
And this is really a, a huge achievement of the right wing. And uh, this, this basically uh, enabled uh, the uh, forming of a coalition that is very homogeneous in, in terms of its ideology, in terms of its uh, conservative values. And, uh, and uh, you know, th this, is, this is definitely something that, in a sense, made things more quiet and, and more uh, uh, calm because, because now the Israeli population knows that we're going to have a stable government for the next four years. And this is really, really a big achievement. So, you know, I'm sure our listeners are saying, okay, so that's good news, right? So why are you saying that Israel is going through a, uh, a crisis, uh, the biggest crisis in the last, in the last uh, 70 and something years since its establishment? Uh, so w one of the things that were discussed in the uh, last elections in Israel is the uh, constant intervention of the judicial system, the, the high, high court of Israel, uh, in the legislative uh, work of the Israeli parliament, the Knesset. Um, I, I don't want to go into many details, but uh, I'll just say that Israel doesn't have a constitution like the United States, um, and, uh, but we do have constitutional laws which will eventually create a constitution. And uh, because, of, because we don't have a constitution, the situation in Israel is very uh, flexible, in a sense. And, uh, and, and, and so that, that creates a lot of uh, friction between the, the, the different branches of the, uh, the, the state, the legislative, uh, the uh, judicial, and the, uh, the government. These, these three branches are... Are, actually, I would say the government and the legislative branches are all the time in friction with the uh, high court. And uh, unfortunately, in, in 1992, uh, two constitutional laws were passed uh, by uh, the high, by, by, uh, were initiated by Aharon Barak, a, a judge, a very important judge in Israel. And uh, what they basically did was they, they really created an imbalance between the branches and allowed the high court to um, overrule uh, laws that were passed in the Israeli parliament. Um, so, you know, this, this really caused, and it became just, it became worse and worse and worse until these past elections where the Israeli population said, enough is enough. Uh, we, we need to have a strong parliament and we need to have uh, members of parliament that could pass laws without being afraid that, that tomorrow the high court will overrule them and, and cancel them. Um, and, and so, you know, everybody's, and again, everybody's asking me, okay, so, so um, why don't you make a, a reform and, and, and bring it back to the situation it was before 1992, where the, there was balance between the different branches. Uh, and uh, I, I would like to answer this um, with, with my personal view. Uh, Israel was, the, the state of Israel was established by mostly European Jews that immigrated to Israel um, and before the state was, uh, was established. And for many, many years, the, the, the people that, that ruled over Israel, mainly the Labour Party, 
um, were mostly European Jews. Um, I would say that the the Middle Eastern Jews uh, that that also immigrated to Israel before and after the establishment of the State of Israel uh, really were um, I don't want to use the word uh, a strong word, but they were really not allowed to uh, to take uh, leadership positions um, and 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 uh, affect Israeli politics. And uh, what happened in uh, 1978 was it was the first time where you had these elections where suddenly the uh, the uh, I would say European labor socialist uh, uh, politicians lost control over Israel. Uh, the uh, Likud party, the right-wing Likud party, that was a coalition of uh, European Jews that were conservative and nationalist, and uh, also Middle Eastern Jews, together formed a, a, this this political power that suddenly controlled Israel. Um, and uh, you know, th- th- this this really created a big shock in Israel. And uh, the the more time passed, the more you saw how uh, the the right wing is growing demographically, is winning most of the elections. And uh, the the uh, European socialist left wing leaning uh, Jews are not able to to return to the uh, leadership positions in the government and the legislative uh, body. I'm, I'm saying all of this because I, 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 the bottom line is that the the right wing in Israel feels that in 1992 the left leaning socialist European Jews decided to change the balance between the different branches of government by allowing the high court to be the the uh, the the, orga- the the governmental uh, branch that really leads and 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 and, and, and controls Israeli politics. So, Aaron, one of the things that is probably not on most of our listeners' radar is uh, how big this issue really is, but the reality is that this thing has become so big that it's created one of the most bitter domestic crisis levels that Israel has ever faced internally, and they're talking about the future of democracy being at stake there in Israel. So this is, this is a, big, a big deal. And I know that President Herzog uh, responding to the mass demonstrations, and I, I, you know, for those people who may not know, you've got demonstrations that are eighty thousand to a hundred thousand people. I mean, these are these are huge, because they're making a lot of noise about this. This is a big, big issue, and he was basically saying, "Hey, listen, we have to tone down the rhetoric. We have to, you know, let this thing cool off a bit." And and he was basically calling for calm. Because it's really got uh, the Israelis in a big uproar, doesn't it? Yes, and uh, again, you know, they're they're saying that I would say the left wing is saying that uh, that the judicial reform that uh, we're, we're that the right wing is is, is uh, trying to to do um, will destroy democracy, um, and uh, you know, everybody's like, okay, how will it destroy democracy? And uh, everybody's saying it will. It will uh, make an imbalance between the branches of government, and that will create a, a problem for democracy. But uh, uh, you know, the, the, the right wing is, is saying, first of all, 
the the reason why the government is doing this is because this is what they were democrat, demo, democratically elected to do. Uh, this this is what was this was one of the main issues in the past elections, and the right wing received 64 uh, seats to promote this uh, this reform. So this is this is democracy. This is what we're doing, um, and and also. The the, the, the the I have to I have to just give you a few examples of uh, of what the situation uh, was in the past uh, thirty years. Um, members of the parliament, the Israeli parliament, could not even uh, submit. Uh, it's not that they could they they couldn't even submit uh, laws uh, for the parliament because the uh, legal advisors of the Israeli parliament who are under the uh, the the uh, the uh, effect or the the control of the high court um, were, were giving them um, um, legal advice that would say you can't bring that law to the parliament and they couldn't i mean uh, they were committed to the advice of the legal advisors that were under the high court's uh, control so so it's it's not just canceling laws that are that that are being passed in the Israeli Parliament. Um, there there was really an atmosphere of terror that didn't allow uh, Parliament members to even bring laws and, and and legislate. So so if something hurt democracy, it was actually what happened in 1992 when when the High Court Judge Aaron Barak changed the the balance of power. Between the different branches, uh, what what uh, the Israeli government is trying to do now is to to bring back uh, the the balance that was uh, prior to 1992, and uh, and the demonstrations that you see are sincere. There are people that that, that again are mostly uh, left leaning uh, European uh, high high uh, mid 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 high class. Uh, people that uh, that that belong to the I would say the the identity that that used to rule Israel before 1978, and, and what they're feeling is not just that they're they're losing democracy, they're losing the the, the country that they loved. That's how bad it is. That's how they see it. Um, and so th this is definitely an ongoing uh, uh, conflict at the moment inside of Israel. And uh, as, you, as you mentioned, the president of Israel, and, and when I say president, uh, it, it, you know, in Israeli politics for our listeners, the president is not like the president in the United States. The president in Israel is more of a symbolic role. Uh, the most important person, uh, the, the, the strongest leader in Israel is the prime minister. He's the one that calls the shots. Um, but but the president comes in when in cases of of, of where, where you have a, a a conflict inside the, the the people of Israel where you need to unite and find solutions and uh, peaceful solutions and so that's what the president is trying to do uh, to to allow dialogue between the two sides uh, so when the reform does go through it it's it's done. When all the parties agree to it, um, because if if that doesn't happen, then you know if if for some reason the left wing will win the elections in four years or in 
in 10 years, they're just going to roll back all the reforms that were done now. So if everything is being done in consent and, and agreement, uh, then, then this reform will go through. And the president of Israel, Yitzhak Herzog, said so himself. He said this is a reform that, that needs to be done. Um, there, there are problems in the judicial system that we need to, to, uh, um, to, to solve, but uh, it has to be done with the consent of the, the left wing. Uh, the problem is that, and, and again, the problem is that, that it's not, we're, we're not robots. We're not, we don't work with logic. We also work with emotions. And there are a lot, a lot, a lot of emotions here on the left side and on the right side. And uh, when the president spoke about a possible dialogue, he acknowledged the, the pain of the right wing because of the disengagement plan uh, the uprooting of Jews from the Gaza uh, Strip area uh, in the year 2000, and uh, I believe it was 2001 or 2002, um, the the uh, the wrongdoing of the Israeli politicians and the uh, the judicial branch uh, when it totally ignored the uh, terrible human rights violations that were done against Jews. In their land, uh, just 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 you know, they, they just ignored it, and and the president of Israel brought that up, saying we understand the pain of the right wing, we understand why the right wing wants to to correct the the judicial branch, so things like that will not happen, and uh, and I think that that was that was good. It was good that he brought it up because it's definitely something that is in the I would say the psychic or the the feelings of uh, many in the right wing that uh, believe that the the high court is biased that the high court rules time and time and again against the right wing uh, that the the uh, values that control the high court in israel are are are, are atheism and liberalism and and universalism and not uh, Jewish values, uh, nationalistic and conservative, uh, and I believe that that you know that also appears in the United States when you talk about uh, conservative judges and liberal judges. Uh, people should know that the High Court in Israel is, uh, I would say, ninety percent liberal, because the judges are self-appointed; they're not appointed by the president like in the United States. And that's one of the reform objectives, uh, to allow the parliament, to allow the political system to choose the judges so the high court judges will reflect the Israeli population. Uh, when you look at the high court judges today, um, almost all of them are European left-wing left leaning Jews. Uh, you, you don't see any Middle Eastern Jews, you don't see Ethiopian Jews, um, you don't see a lot of Arab uh, judges or ultra-Orthodox judges. It really does not reflect the, uh, the Jewish people today in Israel. And unfortunately, that uh, also affects the court rulings, uh, because if something comes to the court uh, and, and it's, it's a value uh, a decision, then the values that the high court will apply are liberal, left-wing, leaning, uh, atheist, 
values. And, and, and that does not fit the, the Jewish people today in Israel, who is that the Jewish people today are conservative, the right-leaning, right, uh, right-wing leaning, uh, um, uh, you know, Bible-believing, uh, traditional, and uh, there, there needs to be a reform. So um, I think that, you know, the, the, the reform just passed the first vote in the Knesset. It needs to go through uh, two more for it to become a law. And, uh, and now after it passed, uh, there, there are attempts by the president and several politicians to dialogue and try to get to come to a solution, to come to agreements. Um, and there is, a, from the right wing, uh, this willing to, to, to come to an agreement with the left. Uh, unfortunately, on the left, uh, there is a, a ban on Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu and his government. Uh, and so there, there are some politicians that are not willing to speak uh, with uh, Netanyahu and his government until uh, they cancel or freeze the reform. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Yes, it's always interesting when it comes to is- Israeli politics. You know, you have to have a very high IQ if you're going to start to understand politics in Israel. And even then, there's no guarantee you'll ever understand it. It's it's uh, interesting. I, I want to say, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, and you're right. Um, what what I've found in the past is that if that that to make to, to make it simple, um, th- there is a, there was there was always a, a an identity battle uh, inside of Israel, uh, the people of Israel. That battle goes on between three uh, identities, uh, which I like to call Jacob, Israel, and Jeshurun. Um, Jacob is the I would say the religious identity. Uh, Israel is the national identity, and Jeshurun is the universal identity. These three uh, elements are, are in constant friction through our history. And uh, the, the reform, the disagreement the, the, uh, on the judicial reform that's going on today in Israel is the friction between uh, Jeshurun, the left, left-leaning universal Jews um, who, uh, who, who, who look at the world and not at the, the people of Israel, um, versus Jacob and Israel, uh, who are usually together um, and are trying to promote uh, biblical values, national values, um, and, uh, and uh, uh, biblical identity. So, so the attempt is the the the, the, the uh, I don't I don't want to use the word battle, but the the conflict at the moment is who will control Israel? Uh, will will it be the left wing, Jeshurun minority, um, or will it be um, Jacob and Israel, the majority that want a, a conservative, biblical Israel? Yeah, that's that's a good description. So, 1992. Uh, this, uh, there seems to be this uh, decision made by one of the key judges that ends up over time having uh, a uh, very disruptive overreach in its power in regards to the Knesset. So the Knesset works through issues, passes these bills, puts these things into 
policy or laws and they're struck down or put on hold by the judicial system, which creates frustration. And now it's reached a point where there's enormous pushback. How much of that includes, uh, the, the frustration includes people's feelings about Prime Minister Netanyahu still carrying charges that he hasn't been you know, set free from, even though he was elected, uh, which didn't seem to, to, to hold him back from being elected. But nevertheless, part of what they're throwing in on this argument is that, you know, it's going to set him up to not have to face anything. It's going to set, it's going to free him up to not have to ever come to terms with the charges. And, you know, these charges in and of themselves are probably what we might call um, uh, minor uh, in comparison to uh, much greater charges. Um, but um, how much of this is, is, is clouding uh, the issue? I think that uh, when, when, when you ask a left-wing uh, Israeli um, what he thinks about the reform, he's definitely going to say the reform uh, is, is, is uh, started out to, uh, to uh, stop the legal... Um, the legal uh, actions against Netanyahu. Um, again, like you said, Netanyahu um, was basically brought to court uh, in, in, with allegations of bribery and, and corruption. The, the, again, there's the, the legal level and, and there's the real level. <laughs> and uh, the real level, uh, unfortunately, is uh, something that I, I know it's going to sound uh, um, maybe a bit conspirative for many of our listeners, but uh, because the left wing uh, lost its control over Israel um, since 1978, I mean, there were several left wing governments, but the majority of the years between 1978 and, and 2023, uh, the right wing was the one that, that really ruled the the, uh, um, the parliament and the government. Uh, and so the only way to, to control Israel for the left wing was through the judicial system, uh, but also through the uh, media and the police. And uh, every time an Israeli politician tried to, to, uh, to change something in the judicial system or tried to do something that was contrary to the left wing's uh, ideology. Uh, immediately, a criminal record was found. Uh, 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 the police immediately came in to investigate. And uh, it doesn't matter if the person uh, was accused or not, uh, his career as a politician was terminated. Uh, this happened several times, not just to right wing politicians, but also to left wing politicians that tried to change the judicial system. That's all the time we have for you today. If you'd like to catch the rest of this podcast, go to theteacherandthepreacher.com. Thank you for joining us. 